Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send them hot, at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. We are following a situation currently. Are we allowed to talk about this yet, Tom? Do we know? It's a little, uh, it's a little borderline. It is a little risque. But it is happening. It is out in the world. There is a video that people think is a certain NFL quarterback in the middle of a team activity on a boat. Group activity. With a, yes, with a, <laughs> he is he is the leader of the group, and uh, I thought that was Gumby standing behind him. That's actually because it was close up. It was a guy in a Sonics jersey. So, yeah, I you know what? Maybe I want to pick the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl this year now. Because that's a leader. That, folks, that's a leader. I don't know why the guy who took the video had to show all of that, but that's on the guy who took the video. Who's probably, if that, did this happen today? Do we know, Tom? Did this happen I today? I think it's from yesterday. I think it's been out there. Just people have finally found it. But I obviously you don't tweeted know out a video of that. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? People don't want nobody in that video. Once you put in that video out there, what are you doing? I mean, that is technically the privacy of a pontoon boat on a river, is it not? Not the so. most private place ever, but it's still in the privacy. I don't think I want that business being put out there. Listen, Tom, I don't know what you and your fiance do, and that's between you and your fiance. Liz and I like to have a little bit of fun every now and then in some places that are not the bedroom, and I'll tell that to America and all. I don't know if I want videotape all that going on out there. I'll tell you that right now. The rules of married sex, Ken, you already established on this show. Got to keep it spicy, man. Got to keep it spicy. Can't lose that edge. You lose that edge, you're going to find big problems down the line. You must make an effort, friends. Let that be a lesson to both parties. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I got to get to the phones. People are still in on the finals. There are people who are upset with me, and I'll just make this I'll, I'll make this known quick. Also, coming up at 120, we'll do five burning questions, 120 p.m. Eastern. And at the end of the show, thank God, I, we got to get that first answer from James Herbert. Thank God I'm not a big J journalist. I, I really, I, I, a sincere thank you that I don't have to feel this way. That all coming up. But people are coming after me about Steph Curry. Ken, you're being too mean. You're, you're damning towards... I, I'm just telling you how you, you are going to think. I, I think you're going to think. I don't know. We, we do a lot of making excuses for Steph Curry, don't we? Well, he had a cold in game two. That was one of the things that were floated out there. He had a cold. He was sick. Okay. And I don't care if you had the, I don't care if you had the sniffles. Go get some Mucinex. There's Vicks Vapor Rub. 
We have DayQuil. You don't need to even take the NyQuil. You don't need to go into some some cold coma. You don't need to do that. We have DayQuil now. It takes out all the all the drowsy stuff. It's okay. You have a cold. It's the NBA Finals. Maybe wash your hands when using the bathroom. Maybe you ate one of those half donuts that someone put their filthy hooves all over. Maybe you did that, Steph. But every time we start to talk about Steph Curry, I, I just I keep hearing and I kept getting the calls today. Tom was there, Billy Jack was there. Earlier today we had uh McKinnon, he was here in all Ken. KD's injured. Yeah, KD's one of the all time greats. When you look at the all time greats, and this is why I'm making this separation, people are yelling at me, Well, he's one of the all time best shooters. He's the greatest shooter. Yep, Steph Curry's the greatest shooter ever. I will give him that credit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not fighting you on that. But when it's push come to shove in an NBA Finals, I'm seeing the Toronto Raptors catch up with the Splash Brothers. I'm seeing the Toronto Raptors and even some other teams in the NBA, it took five years starting to catch up with that brand of basketball. In 2015, that was scary because the league was made up of giants, great athletes who could dominate and take over. But here you are without a giant, without an athlete that can dominate and take over, and you really look like you need him right now. And see, for Kevin Durant, everybody's going to call in, Kevin Durant's a bitch. Kevin Durant's afraid. Kevin Durant's a snake. Kevin Durant's a cupcake. Kevin Durant's a two-time finals MVP. I know that he does some some weird things. I know that he shows his ass in press conferences. I know that he gets into it with media members and fans. I know that he creates fake Twitter accounts and fights with 14-year-olds on the internet. And all that stuff, I think, is ridiculous and flat-out embarrassing by a grown man who is a two-time finals MVP. But all that stuff happened, and he still went out and put up those type of dominating performances as a two-time Finals MVP, even when he was still doing that stuff. Even when he was still getting involved in childish, petty arguments on the internet of all places about him as a basketball player, but he didn't put it under his own name. See, I can lob every grenade I want to at Kevin Durant, and people do. Media do. They love to beat down on Kevin Durant. We love to beat down on him as a fan because he can take it. I know that we don't think he can. He can. Because on the place where it counts, on the floor, I don't need to question Kevin Durant. I would be a damned fool to question Kevin Durant. I can question Steph Curry. Kevin Durant can throw a team on his his shoulders and lead them to places. LeBron can do that. Michael could do that. Kobe did that. Wilt did that. Kareem, Magic, Larry, Shaq. Those guys did it. If you want to be up in that name... In that and in, in that pantheon, I'll tell you, you're the greatest shooter ever. You want to be with those guys? You got to do that. Kawhi might do that. Kawhi's the guy I might say is there. Kawhi kept them around in the first quarter. They could. Golden State came out last night. They were out for blood. They wanted to not just win that game. They wanted to embarrass Toronto, take their will away, make it a two-two series, head back to Toronto, get Game Five. Get game six at Oracle. Have the confetti fall for the last time. Bring in the bulldozers. We'll see you over in San Francisco. And if it weren't for Kawhi Leonard in that first quarter, that's what would have happened. That's what all-time greats do. 36-12 with four steals. That's what the all-time greats do. That's that's Kawhi Leonard. Kevin Durant could do that. Those names that I just ripped off the top of my head, those guys could do that. Bird won it in 86. 
Colby won it with a guy like Smush Parker as a running mate. Those guys did it. I know. And the first thing you give me, well, Kenny, 6'3". Well, he's a shooter. Well, he ch- that, Those are excuses. Those aren't reasons. And all those names, by the way, we don't make up excuses for those guys. We don't. They don't get the benefit of the doubt. They get strong criticism, and they also get the accolades that go with it. And, and we will look at history differently. I brought up in the same sense as Bill Buckner. People don't remember there's a Game 7. They remember for that moment. And what I saw at Kawhi Leonard last night, I remember for that moment. An incredible game. Serge Ibaka coming with him. Having an incredible game where he not only, and this can't be overstated enough, and thank God Tom reminded me of it because I want to make sure it's put out there. The type of performance Serge Ibaka had as a backup, which he's not a typical backup, that's true, but as a backup, as a bench player on the road in Oracle to score 20 points. That can't be overstated because it was that important. That's the help that Kawhi Leonard needed. That's the help Kawhi Leonard got, and then he went and took it to a different level. And if he's not him in the first quarter of that game, we're at a 2-2 series. Golden State looks like they have righted the ship. We're wondering whether or not Kevin Durant even needs to come back. So I know that what I'm saying isn't fair. This is the way we remember sports. So I know that there's plenty of Steph Curry fanboys out there who I'm hurting their feelings on. I can't help that your feelings are hurt. He's got to be able to help that. There have been reasons why he's never been that finals MVP. The cream rises to the top there. Yep, he changed the way that the game is played. I'll give him that credit. A dramatic impact he has made in the NBA and in basketball. You can have a great impact. That doesn't mean you're an all-time great. The league is caught up with that brand of basketball. What the league never will catch up with is dominating performances by 1% NBA players that are better than anything else out there. I'm not saying Steph isn't the leader of that team. He is the leader of that team. But there's obviously things that Kevin Durant and the other guys in the NBA, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, those guys can do that Steph can't. And Steph probably never will be. And that's not fair, but that's the truth. 855-2124-CBS. Red in Georgia. If you're still there, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, man, thanks for taking my call, man. I want to say this about Kawhi, man. When this series first started, I didn't give the Raptors a chance, man. And long this series, I never paid attention to Kawhi and how he was operating. But last night, I really put it in context for myself, man. This guy, he don't do no shaking bake. He's not crossing you over. He's not coming off screen. He's not doing none of that. He's just like that top secret government assassin that we don't know about, but he's out there and he's doing his thing systematically and, and, and man, he's doing it at a level I haven't seen before. You know what I mean? With the role players, don't get me wrong, they're great pieces. With, with all these players coming into the league, they want to link up to win a championship, and for him to do it in the way that he's doing, man, it's unbelievable. It is really unbelievable. You can take your Kevin Durant, you can get your Steph Curry, give me that top secret assassin that go about his business. He don't give you the shimmy shake. He ain't got none of that. Give me that guy. That guy's a stone-cold killer. And Kawhi, big ups to you, my man. Hey, we're looking at something special before our eyes, man. Hey, I absolutely. I, I, I got to tell you, man. Red, I, I actually forgot about him. Thank you for the call. We, we, we forgot about him last year. Well, everything Red says is true. 
And I brought you all those names. We, we, we talk about greatness, those all-time greats. There's, there's Hall of Famers. There's top 50 guys. Then there's those guys that you don't need to talk about. They just come to the top of your head. They're there. And historically, they're there. Guys who could take a team and beat another team because they were that dominant. Kawhi might be in that mix now. If he finishes this off, there's a possibility there. And I've said it before in this show, and I'll say it again. If Joe Lacob is, is smart, he'll do what he can because this should be a serious wake-up call about the dominance because the rest of the NBA, it's a copycat league. Every single sport is a copycat league. They're catching up to it. I, I can find over a course of time, and it's been five years. That's actually a long period of time. I can find guys who can shoot, who can do that stuff. Kevin Durant don't fall off the of trees. I hope if they lose this series, I hope Joe Lacob recognizes this because a lot of fans didn't want to recognize this after the Portland series in the Western Conference Finals. Everything was ship shape. Everything was wonderful. The Splash Brothers are back. This was the leaping off point, not the end of a dynasty. Kevin Durant, he could go back to New York. He could go to Washington, D.C. He could go to Oklahoma City. He could go to the Nets. He could do whatever he wanted to because Golden State had the mix again. All the drama was gone. Now it's a 3-1 series, and you're 1-6 in the last seven games in the NBA Finals without Kevin Durant. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Your calls, five burning questions. Up next, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Favorite time of the week, five burning questions. Tom, do it. What's up, Ken? Well, as you mentioned a little bit earlier on the show, the Texans surprised the NFL world by firing their GM, Brian Gain, yesterday, suddenly, after just a year yes, on the job. Yes, they had nothing to gain by keeping him. I guess not, at least in their minds. They fired him just a year into the job after signing him to a five-year contract a year ago and Tom. watching him preside over an 11-5 and playoff season. So, Ken, hey, what, should we, what should we be making about of all this? Tom was just going to bulldoze through it, wasn't he? He wasn't going to let me stop. Hey, Tom. Yes, sir. Looks like the Houston Texans had nothing to lose and everything to gain by letting him go. Yeah, you already did that one. No, I did it in a different way. Ha ha! What did you say? What was the question? What do we make of this? What What is going on? What's the deal with the Houston Texans letting go of their general man? This is the time to let go of them. If you're going to do it, do it now, right? Is that right? I mean, Were you, yes. I honestly, because you're look, you're looking at this from this type of people are usually letting guys go, and this has already happened. Did the Bills do this? And who else did this? Just recently, someone did this. Oh yeah, gosh, John Dorsey got fired in the summer, didn't he? You let these guys go, and it makes it a little easier because you're letting these guys go. Usually, you let these guys go in January. You, you you're upset and you let them go after a bad season. Well, you usually have a scouting staff that's there. So the new guy who comes in who gets hired in January, he's got to work with an old scouting staff. What you're doing is just setting up the old scouting staff to get fired. Now whoever comes in, even though it's a little late in the game, I think that if you're going to fire somebody, you fire them right after the draft. You wait until right after the draft. Because the only way you're getting better then is that you bring in the next staff, you bring in the next scouting staff, you bring in the next general manager who brings in the next scouting staff, and you hit the ground running. That's the way you do it. I think that the timeline has always been messed up. You're working with old guys you were going to fire. So now you're letting go of, of Brian Gain, where I, I don't really know what the cause is. They were a playoff team last year, weren't they? They sure were. Are they gonna? Did he want to offer Deshaun Watson too little money, too much money? What was the problem? J.J. Watt's taken care of. Bill O'Brien has been the last guy standing there. My gosh, he is Teflon. So I don't really know... 
what the problem is. I, is Rick Smith, now he, he stepped away because of his, his wife, which right. is a sad thing. Can Rick Smith get involved again? Is that maybe what they're setting up to do? I, I have serious questions. I have more questions than answers over that just because the firing for cause. What, what was the cause of you letting him go? But if you're going to do it, right now would probably be the best timeline to do so. Or maybe not this late, but maybe you should have done that a month ago. But sometime around the summer or early summer, late spring is the time when you really want to do that. Next. All right, the Jets stole away Joe Douglas after a long GM search from the Eagles this week. Actually, yesterday it was officially announced last night. Uh, and it has been hailed around the NFL community as a slam dunk hire for once. The Jets look like they may have done the right thing. What do you think, Ken? Do you think the Jets got this right? I think Joe Douglas is very good at his job, and also, and I, I will be unabashed about this, is this will probably, hopefully, bump up my friend Andrew Barry, and eventually Andrew Barry will be the general manager of a nice football team in two years and do a very good job. So I hope that this goes well for Andrew Barry, and obviously I hope that this goes well for Joe Douglas. What they need is strength. The Jets have been an out-and-out disaster, and the only thing that can save this is somebody in a strong position. And you hate, you're going to hate the analogy that I'm going to make or the comparison that I'm going to make, but Tom, you know where I'm going. What was thought of the Browns before John Dorsey? You have to bring in something that's respected. You have to bring in something that's taken seriously. Guys who at least just do what NFL teams do. People in Cleveland marveled about John Dorsey. I'm going, yeah, he's doing a good job, but he's doing what NFL football teams do. This is before the Odell Beckham Jr. trade and things like that. Like getting rid of bad players and bringing in new players and drafting and things like that. That's what good football teams do. We used to have sincere arguments before Baker Mayfield around here. Tom, you won't believe this. Like, you got to take running backs. You never take quarterbacks. Don't take the quarterback number one. Don't do any of that stuff. We wow. used to have sincere conversations because people were afraid because every quarterback they had sucked. But you hadn't taken a guy first overall since since Tim Couch. So he takes Baker Mayfield. Yeah, that's what a general manager is supposed to do. You're, you're tasked with putting a, the best position there, the best player in the best position there, to help out your football team. And there have been so many general managers who went through both. And I didn't hate what Mike McCadden did, by the way. But I think that there's been parallels where so many general managers have been both through the Jets and have been through the Browns. And it seems that they try to reinvent the wheel. Don't try to reinvent it. There's a reason why these are the, the beaten roads, because they lead to success. Go down those paths. Next. All right, so as of this week, there is no longer an active criminal investigation against Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill, but his troubles are far from over. There is a parallel investigation going on right now with the Kansas Department for Children and Families. And then, of course, there is Roger Goodell. How do you think the league needs to handle Tyreek Hill considering there will be no can't official criminal action? You can't play him. As of right now, well, is there a possibility there could be official criminal action or is this absolutely closed? I mean, it's twice now been closed, so I don't think it's but being I, reopened again. It's possible there will be a you know state department for children and families. But this is what I don't punishment get. of it, some sort, but it will so, not be a criminal punishment. So what if you have to remove the child from the home? What's the reason for removing the child from the home? Yeah, and that's a pub, that's going to be public knowledge at some right. point. Correct? It's possible. It's still possible. So yes. that's going to be something that's ugly for the NFL. I oh yes, I have been. Ba- I I don't think I can. I'm not in a position where I can say strong things against Tyreek Hill because it's basically gone back and forth twice. I know that he said some horrific things to her, things that men should not say to women. I know that a lot of guys will be sitting there going, he was under emotional duress. Okay, I still can't condone that, and I won't condone that. I don't know what happened with that child. I know that there's some fishy things going on, so I don't think I can say all those things. However, 
I think that the NFL, they can't do any of this. They, they can't. It, it's hard for me to let you play if there's still some investigation going on. So if your child gets taken away from you under these circumstances, which that would be the reason the child is taken out of the home, or children would be taken out of the home, then if it's under that circumstance, I, I, I can't let you play. You can't wear a jersey and play for my entity when we, we continuously talk about how big and strong we are about getting rid of domestic violence, getting rid of abuse, being against these type of things. You're on very thin ice. I like to say you're on very thin ice, but people usually find a way to move on and root on Sundays, sadly but true. I think you can make a mistake and come back from it. I don't know if you can do this multiple times. And with what the NFL's been through, I got to tell you, Tom, and maybe you'll disagree because of the, at the very least because of the optics. I don't think I can let Tyreek Hill play yet. I totally agree. I mean, you I can, think they I, should just cancel the season on him and then you know, regroup next for next season, I think. Okay, go ahead. Terrible look. What are they going to do, give him four games? I mean, it's a brutal situation. All right. Pete Rose had a little bit of a publicity tour this week doing, I guess, like 10-plus radio shows. I don't even know what he was plugging, but he claimed in these uh, interviews that he's over his desire to make the Hall of Fame um, and told over and over again an instantly famous shower story about Joe DiMaggio. Do you have any shred of interest in anything Pete Rose has to say anymore? No, listen, listen. Pete Rose is a clown. Pete Rose is a clown. He's been a disgusting clown for a long period of time, and there's been plenty of people who have been willing to buy this guy's garbage for over 40 years and will continue to do it until the day he dies. That's the only thing I actually believe about Pete Rose. Let me tell you about Pete Rose here. Pete Rose doesn't want to make the Hall of Fame because his brand is better without him being in the Hall of Fame. You think he didn't bet on baseball? Well, he said he didn't bet on baseball for so long. Oh, but then he didn't bet against his own team. Yeah, I believe any of that garbage. That'll be the damn day about this. And now you're out there doing what? Telling stories about dead guys and their garbage and their packages really that's what you're doing that's the best thing you have to offer pete is how big joe dimaggio's you know what is congratulations pete you clown you freak you idiot how many more books can you write saying the same thing but again there's more than willing enough people who are willing to buy this guy's bs buy this guy's autograph hear this idiot out until the day that he finally goes away please get away from me get away from baseball you're part of the bad thing about the sport you're part of the bad thing about professional sports he's never been been a good guy, he's never will be a good guy, and he never will change. And I'm sick and tired of the overall argument of Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't need to put the guy in the Hall of Fame. The jackass doesn't want to be in the Hall of Fame. So why we haven't have the argument? We have the argument because now it's infringed itself upon what we do because we're getting into summertime and the Hall of Fame will eventually be here. So should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? 855-212-4CBS. And there'll be plenty of people go, well, he has over 4,000 hits. Of course he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, he bet on baseball. He shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. All right, Gary and Akron, should he be in the Hall of Fame? All right, Mike in Tupelo, Mississippi, should he be in the Hall of Fame? Okay, Janet in Lexington, Kentucky, should he be in the Hall of Fame? And we'll continue to do that for a couple of hours. So now... Now it's downtrodden what my business tries to do. Because even though I might have what you call a quote-unquote hot take, at least I try to fake it out and not do something as stupid as Pete Rose and whether or not he should be in the Hall of Fame. No, he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I don't care if, he's, if he is in the Hall of Fame. If you put him in the Hall of Fame, at least maybe he'd shut up. But of course he wouldn't do that. Because if it gives, it gives an ex- ex- a, a, a acceptance speech in the Hall of Fame, God knows how many other penises he'll talk about in the acceptance speech. The man is an absolute clown in every way possible. You have any more? 
I was got, that I got one more, but I kind of want to end right there because that was perfect. But no, no let's do, do the other one. Let's do, do one other, more. Let's it's do light. One that's it's, fun. it's local to Ohio. New- Let me tell you about the time I took a shower with Joe DeMaggio. <laughs> Could you imagine me 30 years from now trying to hold on to any shredded dignity? One time uh, I was at a CYO. It was a charity basketball game, and Jim Rome and I were in the shower. <laughs> Let me tell you about Jim Rome. Could you imagine? I can't. I Could you, totally Joe DiMaggio agree. still it's has family that Joe DiMaggio has family that respects him. Joe DiMaggio had 56 yep. game hitting streaks. Joe DiMaggio DiMaggio was a hall, had a 56-game hitting streak. Joe DiMaggio was a Hall of Famer. Joe DiMaggio was someone who was looked up to and emulated as an Italian-American hero. And here we are years later. Well, let me tell you guys about my book, The Time I Was Showering with Joe DiMaggio. Boy, you guys should have seen the size of his hog. You can get my book at Amazon.com. Go away. All right, last one. It's like newly retired college football legend Urban Meyer is entering the restaurant business, Ken, and in your home state of Ohio. He's opening Urban Meyer's Pint House in Dublin. Okay, so good or bad business move for Urban Meyer? (laughs) It's going to be pretty awkward if he takes that USC job. (laughs) Going to be real awkward. Going to need to name that Eddie George's five. Uh, Urban Meyer's Pint House. I mean, how many jokes are coming to everybody's mind right now? If you're driving around, Urban Meyer's violation. Urban Meyer's break from football. No, okay, I'm done with all the other ones. There's only so far you can go. You do know it's going to be awkward when he does take that USC job, right? Tom, you know. I, don't, I mean, I want it to happen just as much as you, but I don't know about that one. I hope so. He's fifty. He's, he's fifty. He's going to be fifty-five. Though. Oh, I don't think he's done. I'm just not sure. That, well, you, oh, you're talking USC. about USC and Joe. Oh, right. I'm just saying USC makes a lot of sense. It does. No, it's it across totally the country. Does. I tell you what, if you guys want to do something, America, you guys want to get a Buckeye fan going, start talking to Buckeye fans about Urban Meyer coaching again. <laughs> oh my God, it is fun. I'm telling you. You will have a blast. All you folks in SEC country, don't say I never gave you anything. Because if you want to do something on the internet, go and tweet at Buckeye fans about Buckeye guy and how big of an embarrassment that guy is in the big nut. And also with whether or not Urban Meyer is going to coach again and tell him that he's going to coach again. People freak out up here about it. It's amazing. You'll love it. Okay? So ACC fans, Clemson fan, Bama fan, don't say I never gave you anything. Don't say I'm mean to your teams. Because I give you that, and I'm telling you, you are going to have more fun than a little bit on the internet about that. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, that's Five Birding Questions, a sensational rendition. I had to check my phone. Zach Gelb just texted me. So did Tom, but I'll check that during the break. Up next, thank God, I'm not a big J journalist. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Final segment of the day. Final segment of the night. Wait a minute. That's the old show I used to do. Uh, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. That toll-free number brought to you by Geico. 15% or more, just 15 minutes. That's how much they can save you. It only takes 15 minutes. Get to Geico.com. They're fantastic people at Geico.com. Right now, joining us on the hotline. We run them down. We got Brad Lidge on the show. Brad, thanks for joining us tonight. Or I should say today. Yeah, my pleasure. Always, Always happy to be on with you. Brad, I, I, my rod and, rods and cones are mixed up. Now, Tom wanted me to ask. Or, uh, Todd brought Tom brought you to my attention, like okay. a month ago. You coach your son's little league team. I do. I sure do. Take me through this experience. Brad Lidge, famous closer, has been on the Hall of Fame ballot. Great guy. You coach your son's little league team. Tell me about this experience. <laughs> yeah, well, so I've been coaching actually uh, ever since I retired. Uh, 2013 was the first. Uh, summer 
that uh, my son jumped into T-ball in, in Colorado. We're uh, kind of in the Boulder, Denver, Boulder area. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a fun experience. And, you know, I've been doing it now for, for five years. This is my fifth year doing it. And actually, my son's in two, two Little League teams this year, one for his regular Little League, and then there's one like a kind of a competitive traveling team. And uh, I actually coached both of them. And uh, we, you know, we, we have an awesome group of kids. And the parents, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, it's funny. Is like, you know, a lot of coaches complain, oh, man, it's so hard to, it's so hard to coach. But it's not just the kids. It's the parents. You've got to manage the parents as much as anything. I will tell you what, these parents have been unbelievable. They've been great. Like, everything I've said, they've just kind of said, yes, okay, and they've done it. And the kids are having a great time. And it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, yes, the, the, the parents probably understand that, that they can probably pass the torch to me and not have to worry too much about what, you know, if I'm <laughs> teaching their kids the wrong arm angle or something like that. Uh, you know, I think they, they feel pretty good that, uh, you know, I'm going to teach them the right pitching mechanics. Hopefully they do. At least they say they do. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, it's a lot of fun for me. And, and I've, had, I've had nothing but great experiences so far. My son's now 10. And as he kind of continues to make his way up through the, the Little League ranks, uh, it, it's just it, it gets a lot of fun. And, you know, you travel around a lot, but it, it's a blast. Brad Lidge joining us on the show. So you're, you're doing Travel League now? or what, or How's that going? You're doing Travel yeah, League? Yeah, so... So we will be uh, starting up a. Uh, um, it's called uh, like uh, the Ten U All Stars, essentially. And then what it is is uh, th- so. So he just finished two little league type things this spring, and he's got like a week or two off, and then he jumps into summer ball, and uh, that's going to be traveling around the state of Colorado, essentially. And you know his little league team, if they or I should say his All Stars team, if they do uh, well enough, they can play for the uh, state championship for Ten uh, U. And uh, it's interesting because a lot of people around Colorado like. You, know, you figure Colorado's a great place to be in the summer, but a lot of people actually travel, so you get this kind of weird mix of people coming in and out, and you just try and formulate the best team. You know, uh, ours is around this uh, one little area in, in Boulder County, like I said, and it's, uh, you'd be surprised how talented these kids are. I know I am. Uh, these kids, man, I'll tell you, they, they, they watch the game. You, a lot of them, you tell them one thing one time, and boom, they can go out in the field and do it. And that, I mean, there's nothing better than that. I know I couldn't do that growing up, so it's really fun for me to watch these kids doing what they're doing. How do you prevent burnout for the little ones? It's a great question because my son has kind of teetered on burnout a little bit here and there. I told him this is the first year he's playing summer because we traveled a lot during the past summers. And, and I told him, here's the deal. If you get to a point where you just, you just don't want to do it, you're not having fun, let me know. Um, and we'll figure out a way to either make it fun or we'll just stop because you're 10, right? So, like, you can just take a summer off still. Like, you can do that at 10 years old. And granted, if you do it entirely, then, then there are kids that are going to probably jump ahead a little bit. So you have to be smart about and strategic about how you do it. Um, but, but you want to prevent burnout. One, this day and age of specialization, and parents out there listening know exactly what I'm talking about. Kids go around to 9, 10, 11 years old, and you really have to start specializing in your sport. It wasn't like that, you know, growing up. I mean, I, like I played baseball, football, basketball, and I just played all three. Whatever the season was, I just did it. And you never felt like you were falling behind in the other ones because all the other kids were doing the other sports too but now kids are playing baseball you know seven eight nine months out of the year uh you know 10 year olds and so you get this double-edged sword number one they jump ahead their skill level super high at an early age but number two they do start to get burned out and so you really have to be able to pace them i just like you know we'll do some spring and we'll do some summer and then we won't do anything with baseball for fall and winter we'll jump them into other sports and and uh you know hopefully he'll miss baseball a ton by the time spring rolls around this has got to be what you tell parents too, Brad, because you had a really successful Major League Baseball career. And so they probably come to you because, okay, me as a dad, I got three sons, right? My oldest just started T-ball, but it's like 
tot T-ball. He's a toddler still. And yeah. we all get to that level where, yeah, I don't want to burn them out, but I also I, I want to make sure they're doing something. I want to make sure they're reaching their full potential as a parent. And I also want to make sure I'm I'm doing what I'm doing everything I possibly can to help them reach their full potential. And here you are as a former major leaguer where you could impart that wisdom that you just talked about. Well, and, and there are a lot of things that, uh, you know, that I kind of see along the ways. And I always remind the parents, you know, some of these parents, uh, you know, they're, they're not pushy about it, but they're kind of like, you know, when can my son start throwing curveballs? We're facing other teams, you know, some kids in other areas starting to throw curveballs, even at 10 years old. And I always look him dead in the eye and I say, if you want your kid to peak in the Little League World Series, I will, te- I will teach him a curveball right now. Is that what you want? And to a man, every one of them says, no, 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 no. Okay, I understand. Because, listen, when you're teaching kids too many things too early, and this kind of goes with that specialization of pushing them a little bit, then they're going to burn out. They're going to have arm troubles. And I remind them of this. I didn't even start pitching until I was a senior in high school. There's no rush. Wow. There's no need to kill your kid when they're young and to teach them a curveball and have them snap off a nasty you know, curveball you know, against other 10-year-olds, and then their arm is torched by the time they're 13 or 14. So you, there's always time, and you know, Little League sports are great because – any kid can play them. You know, there's, there's, there are teams that are competitive that have tryouts and stuff, and there are cuts, and, and that does happen. But not, you know, it, it, it should never be to the point where it's to the detriment of the kid, where you're having him do something that's going to either have him, he's either going to hate the game when he gets older, or he's going to hurt himself trying to, trying to get to a point where he's just not capable of getting yet. So, um, you know, th- there's a lot of wiggle room in baseball, and you just have to be patient. And, and kids develop at all different ages. Uh, you know, kids get more athletic all of a sudden when they, you know, are 13, 14. And all of a sudden, a kid picks up a baseball and starts trying to pitch when he's 17. You know, it just there's a lot of baseball's got way more wriggle, wiggle room than the pure physical sports of football and basketball. Brad Lidge joining us on the show, Major League Baseball, MLB Network, uh, Inside Pitch, my buddy Casey Stern with him. Love Casey Stern. Obviously, I'm a big fan of what you're telling me here, Brad. Brad, I. Obviously, you guys have probably talked about it a lot. I, I got to hear from you. Your thoughts, Nets, foul pole to foul pole, too much, a little bit further down. Where do you stand? Uh, this one's tough for me. <clears throat> I, you know, I just, I think if you're bringing, uh, uh, you know, I, I almost wonder if a kid under, you know, three years old should be, or four years old should be allowed to sit uh, in, you know, within like 15 rows of the field. And if you're going to, if, if we're going to continue to do that, if you're going to bring your kids, because like, I was watching a Phillies game, we were talking about this the other day on air. I was watching a Phillies game. This happened right after that, that poor incident and uh, that unfortunate incident to the poor kid in Houston. There was a, a line drive hit in, in Philadelphia and this, this, I don't know, 10, 11 year old kid just reached out and snagged and it was a really cool play, but sitting right behind him was a mom, you know, with her, with her, little baby she was holding right in her arms. And if that kid didn't catch that ball, we may have had another incident right there. So um, mm-hmm. I think we probably do have to do that just because here's the most important thing with baseball is we attendance is down in MLB again this year, third consecutive year, it's down 1.4%. The last thing we want is for parents to think that they can't bring their kids to a game because they're, they're worried about them getting hit with a foul ball or that they can't do it on close to the field and, and, and you know, See the, see the action right there because they're worried about the safety of their kid. We just don't want that. We, we don't want to have a reason for people not to go to the game. So I think as much as I hate to say it, as much as I think it does, it, it does kind of take away from the visual of the game a little bit. I, I think we are going to have to throw those nets down to the foul poles. Brad Lidge joining us on the show. Who's going to go to the World Series? I know that's a throwaway question, but I'm running short of time, so i got to get that th- thought. I got to get that thought from you before I let you go. It's fair. I think it's going to be. I, I really think it's going to be the Astros and oh, I was going to say the Dodgers up until the, the Cubs got Kimbrel, and now I'm like, 
I'm going to stick to my guns. I was calling an Astros Cubs World <laughs> Series at the, this offseason. I'm going to go right back to it. The Dodgers, you know, apologies to the Dodgers uh, and, and even to the Twins who look like they could do a lot of good stuff. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Astros and, uh, with all due respect to the Red Sox and Yankees, Astros and Cubs. 225 saves during his career, one of the finest to do it. Brad Lidge with us on the show. Brad, we thank you very much for the time. All the best to you, my friend, and hope to talk to you again soon. Awesome. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Brad Lidge with us on the show. Follow him on Twitter at Sliders and Saves 54. 855 for cbs for Andy Grish coming up next. You know, I finish it off with what Brad Lidge told me, and... I, I One of these days, I'm going to have to get into it a little deeper because we're running out of time now. I, I'm starting to experience the Little League thing, the T-ball thing. It's a lot of fun. I know that we always say parents could ruin it. it it's going to be a summer thing, and I know I just railed against one of the worst summer topics out there, the Pete Rose Hall of Fame thing. But it's got to be one of the things that we bring up where Louisiana, they're starting a, uh, they're starting a possibly a law where you can face jail time for getting thrown out of a baseball game, getting thrown out of a out, out of an event for yelling at a ref. There's possibly fines that can be levied there. We're seeing a dearth of referees who don't want to deal with that. I can give you horror stories when I was an umpire, when I did baseball. There's got to be a conversation at some point here, because I, I know that parents were in this very strong comp- competitive world where now... Everything mattered a bachelor degree. Everything mattered about being the very best, the titan of industry at the very top, tippy-toe of it. And I think all of it does come from pressure of, am I doing what's best for my kid? Am I doing my absolute best no matter what? And most of that, I think, does have a social media influence. I do think it's because we're a little bit more connected than we've ever been. More on that coming up at a later date. Got to play some of those comments from Brad Lynch. Big thanks to all my guys in New York. Gresh up next. I'm sure we'll be talking about the finals. Sure, I'll be talking about overtime and all that other stuff, and hopefully some wrestling. Big thanks to you for listening. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful week, my friends. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.